Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Samuel, that is Shmuel Bet. We are about to read chapter 20 together. And um, <clears throat> where we just left it off, David is <coughs> returning to Jerusalem and um, with a great entourage and everybody with all kinds of pomp and circumstance, the the civil war is over, at least it seems to be over. And then the people, the leaders of the people of Israel, the northern tribes, had an whole argument with the people of the, the leaders of Judah. And <coughs> they have this, this huge debate over who should be the ones that lead the procession uh, bringing David back to Jerusalem. And uh, the, we finished off the chapter saying that... Um, that it was the leaders of Judah that ended up winning that uh, that argument, uh, but the people of Israel were not that happy about it at all, um, and that's the impression that we were left with. Of course, this is going to lead to a worsening fight because of all of the happenings in the last few chapters. And David, instead of solidifying the unity between the two peoples, the people of Israel. And the people of Judah, he did manage to maintain his kingdom over the two groups, a united kingdom. But it kept on getting fractured. We saw that fracture happening <coughs> during the rebellion uh, of Avshalom. We saw, you know, hints of the um, northern tribes considering reinstituting <coughs> the kingdom of Saul, which for a time period during the days of Ishposhet, early in David's reign, actually had a separate kingdom in the north. So we see these two, these two groups kind of, <coughs> the fracture, instead of uh, healing, instead of growing together, all started coming apart. And we saw that this entire descent into, towards uh, strife and, and, and disunity all began with uh, the sin of Bathsheba. The sin of Bacheva will therefore have lasting repercussions throughout history, throughout history to this day. Um, and this, this, this uh, sin just continued to fracture the kingdom and planted the seeds for what eventually became the, uh, the, um, the split kingdom, the northern kingdom and the south, which eventually led uh, arguably to, um, to destruction. Uh, and 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 devastation, which um, uh, which uh, haunted the Jewish people to this day. So Visham Nikraish Bilial. However, now they're having this fight. They're having this argument. The people of Judah prevailed, and they are now leading the procession, bringing David back. But among the people of Israel, among the northern ones, there was one good-for-nothing guy. And Ish Bilial is a is a uh, is just a, 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 a just a bad boorish. Uh, so I see the term scoundrel being used. <coughs> it's a term we've had several times describing people that were um, just um, uh, just people that are just cynical, always looking for a fight, um, never looking for a, a, any uh, reconciliation or peace. There was a guy such, such, that fit that description, Ushmo, and his name was Sheva ben Bichri. His name was Sheva ben Bichri Ishimini. He was a man from the tribe of Benjamin, which was, of course, the tribe of Saul, 
and he blew the shofar, and he said, We have no portion in David's kingdom. David is ruling only for the people of Judah. He's not interested in us. We have no inheritance. We have nothing to be gained by staying with the son of Jesse, the son of Yishai. You all people in Israel, just go back home and forget this whole thing. So Vayal Kalish Yisrael Me'achrei David, and the people, the leaders of Israel, then therefore left the procession and left the follow, from following David. Achrei Shevem Ben Bichri, and they followed this guy Shevem Ben Bichri. Ve'ishi Huda Davkuvim Alkam and I Ardein Be'adi Yerushalayim, and the leaders of Judah did. They stayed with their king and escorted him from the Jordan River, <coughs> where he had crossed, <coughs> all the way until Jerusalem. This does not bode well. David el David came to his house in Jerusalem. And he took the two, <coughs> the ten wives, the ten concubines, Asher that he left to uh, to guard the the household. And he put them in a in a uh, guarded home. Uh, and he gave them. Um, Supported them, food, etc. However, Valehem Loba, he did not, he did not uh, sleep with them. wrote and they remained um, in this uh, condition, uh, like living widows. You know, widows whose husband is not dead, but exactly, you know, um, the, this this seems to be kind of stuck in the middle of of all of this uh, inter this drama going on with the people, this political drama. But one, it's kind of here to answer our curiosity. What did David do with the ten wives after Avshalom violated them? And this is what David did. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Um, uh, you know, the question is, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, that that's um, clearly they were not, they weren't willing participants in this. Clearly, Avshalom had forced them, so they would have been uh, permitted to him. Uh, <laughs> but for various reasons, for whatever David's reasons were, he he did it. He had dealt with them in this manner. The king said to Amasa. Now remember, Amasa was the leader of Avshalom's armies, <coughs> and he said, "Has ekli at I want you to get together all of the people of Yehuda, of Judah." In the next over the next three days, via po amod, and then and come back here uh, to greet me. It doesn't state exactly what it was the, that the um, that he had in mind. Like was the king asking him to get the people together for war? What exactly was he doing? Uh, commentaries, the traditional commentaries, understand that that he wanted to make an official appointment of Amasa as the leader. Of the of his of his of his army. Remember, he had appointed him informally. He said, "Amasa, you were going to be uh, the leader in place of Yoav." So here, he wanted to gather together all the leaders in order that he can make an official appointment. And Amasa went to muster up to call up the people of Judah. However, he he delayed. He was late. Uh, he was not there on time, 
at the time, which makes us wonder what exactly was he doing. David was obviously gave him enough time to gather the people of Judah, uh, which is, after all, close to Jerusalem, and, and that's his neighborhood. He could have sent riders out to get everybody together. Um, but he took longer, and which makes us wonder if Amasa was up to some kind of no good. Now, the, the, the verses give us um, no clear indication of this, but it, they give us the feeling that Amasa might not have been quite as loyal as David thought he was. And we're going to see more indications as we continue reading the story. David said to Avishai, right? Remember, Avishai is um, uh, Yoav's brother, and Avishai is uh, his very loyal but very hot-headed uh, 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 officer. Ata, now, Yeira lanu sheva ben bichri min avshalom. Now, Sheva ben Bichri, the guy who told the people of Israel just to leave and they have no part with David, he's even worse than Avshalom was. I want you to go take all of the servants of your master, in other words, take all of my soldiers, chase after him. Before he finds, because he might, if we let him wander for too long, he might find himself a fortified city to to set up shop in, and we might be make it difficult for us to ever get him. Let's get him before he, he gets himself, um, you know, the, the support and protection that he needs. Note, he called Avishai, not Yoav. He called Avishai to lead them. Remember, David is upset with Yoav, and, um, and soon he's going to be even more upset with Yoav, but we'll see what happens. So after him, presumably after Avishai, went the men of Yoav, via Kresi, via Plesi, the Kreti and the Plesi, these are the um, these uh, top-level troops, Bechala Giborim, and all the strong soldiers, they left Jerusalem, in order to chase Sheva ben track him down, and, and, and dispatch of him. Heim im ha'even and they have, when they reached the uh, big stone, which was in Givon, and Amosa was coming uh, before them. Now, what was he doing there? That makes us wonder what Amosa was doing if he was supposed to be wandering, if he was supposed to be gathering the people together. And uh, it's, it's likely, now that we see more of the story, maybe David wanted to get... Uh, uh, the leaders together in order to and have Amasa lead the charge to get um, to get Shavam and Mechri. But here Amasa is kind of wandering. He's late and he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Yoav was was uh, wearing his. He was uh, belted. He was girded with his uh, his armor, his military uniform. And he had a his his belt, which which had his sword fastened around it, uh, with with a sword in its sheath. Who and his main sword had fallen out of his sheath. So when he encountered Amasa, Amasa, Amasa only saw that his sheath was empty and the sword was on the ground. So Yoav said to Amasa, "Shalom, my brother. Is everything okay with you?" But Toches Yad Yemin Yoav Bizkan Amasa in his 
And Yoav took his right hand, which is the one that he would usually use to handle his sword, and held Amosah's beard and, and, and leaned over as if he was going to kiss him. And Amosah was not aware about the sword that Yoav had in his other hand. Because all he saw was the sword was not in his hand, but in its sheath. So he grabbed, he had another sword in his left hand, and he struck him in the belly until his, his, um, his innards, his guts poured out on the ground. With one stab, it was enough to kill him. And then Yoav and Avishai, his brother, continued to run and chase after Sheva ben Bichri to find him. Yoav was apparently suspicious that Amosah was not loyal, especially since Amosah was the leader of, of, uh, of, of Shalom's armies. And here, clearly, this is something that David will not be happy about. Amosah was going to be the key for David to bring the people back together. And Yoav, by killing Amosah, was was taking that possibility away from David and just creating more hatred and creating more uh, division among the people. Although, on the other hand, one can still understand Yoav as a military man, what he was thinking and why he did what he did. But we know that David will not be very happy about this at all. The Ishamara loved me, Nare Yoav. And um, one of Yoav's men stood over Amasav and he said, Whoever is, is loyal to Yoav as a leader and whoever is loyal to David should follow Yoav as their leader. And um was had rolled, his body had rolled in the blood that was in the middle of the path. And the person saw that instead of following Yoav and go moving on to find Sheva bin Bichri, they just stopped to, to stare at the, this uh, awful sight, this corpse. He took the body of Amasah from the path, Hasada, and put it in the field. And covered it with a cloak. When, um, so when he saw that everyone that would come by would stop and look, that's why he did that. So this way, once he was removed from the road, every person that was following Yoav would, um, instead of stopping, they would run and chase, uh, they would run and f- uh, after f- Yoav and running after Sheva ben Bichri to try to find him. And they passed through all of the tribes of Israel, presumably looking for Sheva ben Bichri, possibly he was running, um, uh, from place to place, and they were kept chasing him. And the uh, and they gathered together um, the 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 Be'erites, the 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 Be'rim also came and helped chase after Sheva ben Bichri. So now um, uh, he's about to take. Uh, refuge in the city of Avela, because he said after they passed through all of the tribes of Israel, they ended up in Avela. We're going to pick up in the next podcast what happened when they cornered Sheva ben Bichri in the town 
and how he was extricated from the town. Thank you so much for studying uh, the first half of chapter 20. Looking forward to studying the rest of chapter 20 with you and, of course, the rest of the book of Samuel.